Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Here we're going to visit uh, one of my favorite topics. Always has been since I was a little kid. And uh, Neil Armstrong took that step on the moon in 1969, July 1969. I've been a fan uh, ever since of human space flight. And Mike Wall joins us from space.com. Mike, it's been a while. I hope you're doing well. Yep, yep, doing good. How are you? Yeah, good to visit with you. Thanks so much for joining us on this October night. And uh, there, there is a lot going on. And and the one thing we can say is uh, in the space flight category at the website space.com, uh, there, there is always a lot about SpaceX, and rightfully so. Say what you want about Elon Musk, but uh, SpaceX has been an innovator like we've never seen. And they they continue to do great things, tremendous engineering achievements, and they want to do more and more and more. And the launch schedule, you did a piece a, a day ago, uh, 144 missions next year. That is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they're going to shoot for. They're, they're still going to try to get to 100 this year, they said, which wow. they're at like 74 now, which works out to about one every four days and to get to a hundred, they'd need one every 2.8 days from here on out or something. But yeah, it is, it's pretty remarkable. You know, they, we haven't seen anything like this kind of launch cadence from one like organization, you know, let alone like a yeah. private company before. So they, they are, yeah, I mean, they are remarkable. Yeah. And it is one of those things where occasionally is a fan of this and, and someone who follows it, uh, day in and day out like you do, their, their achievements are extraordinary. It wasn't that long ago that the idea of reusing any part of a spacecraft, it, it just didn't happen. Um, it, it was inconceivable. And and now it, it's commonplace for a Falcon 9 to launch. A good portion, the first stage, returns to Earth. Uh, capsules that carry human beings into outer space to the International Space Station or elsewhere in low Earth orbit uh, are, are reused again. That That is 
uncharted territory not that long ago. Yeah, yeah, and they they yeah they are making that pretty routine. You know, they've um they've flown two different Falcon Nine first stages on their 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 sort of reuse record. They've set twice now seventeen flights for one individual rocket, um, and that's really that helps explain how they've made this this great advance. You know, about the launch cadence and like bringing launch price down to attract more customers, you know, because that's the most expensive part of the rocket is the first stage, the one that helps it get off the ground. And if you can, yeah, if you can fly those like a dozen times or more a piece, you can fly faster and you can fly cheaper. And that's, that's really the kind of secret sauce that they, that they have shown the world that they, that, that, that they possess. And that they continue to use many of these launches to build their their Starlink constellation, which is low-level satellites that uh, bring Internet uh, all over the world. We, we heard and talked a lot about Ukraine on the program tonight. President Biden spoke about it a little over an hour ago and more aid for Ukraine. But the, those Starlink satellites have, have been uh, crucial uh, for communications in that part of the world. Yeah, and that and that is that's like the bulk of the of the mass that they're putting up with all these launches for the past few years has been Starlink. Like I think just like a rough tally, it's about sixty percent of, of all their launches so far this year have been dedicated to kind of building out the Starlink mega constellation. There's about five thousand Starlink satellites up there now, which is outrageous. And um but they're they're gonna keep building it. You know, they they like They've got approval to have 12,000 Starlink satellites in their initial constellation, and they've got paperwork filed to have like up to 40,000. So it's it's pretty crazy. It's that that's a lot of satellites. Now, now I've heard the, the, this, Mike, and, and maybe you can help me out here, but I have heard more than once that the idea of Starlink is to build this business, and that there is demand for uh, super fast internet wherever you are, if you're in the woods of northern Minnesota or wherever you are, um, or for that matter in the Twin Cities or the Bay Area or Southern California, to get Internet a different way from from satellites. But ultimately, the, the revenue from that would be used to fund this idea that ultimately SpaceX wants to get to Mars and, and settle Mars. Does, does that sound yeah. about right? Yeah, that's that's something. But yeah, I mean, back when when they announced Starlink a few years ago, um, that was something Elon Musk made very clear. He said, you know, we're we're starting this this whole satellite thing with the with with the internet constellation we plan to build. You know, we we do want to help people in rural areas and people who don't have access to any other kind of internet. But we also, I mean, it's not just a charity play. Obviously, I mean, Elon Musk said at the very beginning that he sees Starlink as the main kind of funding driver for Mars settlement, which has been his long held dream, you know, that he said many times, that's why he founded SpaceX about 20 years ago was to try to make, yeah, make our species multi-planetary. He, he like still says that today. He, he obviously believes very strongly in that. And so, yeah, I mean, he, they, they need a lot of money to develop the vehicle that they think is going to help them do that, get, get us to Mars and that starship. Um, and so, yeah, he's, he has said from the beginning that, that, you know, Starlink is the funding vehicle via which they can develop Starship, um, which they are trying to do now. And they've had one had one flight of it. People probably remember back in April, um, and they're, they're gearing up for a second flight, which they hope to launch pretty soon. 
Yeah, the one in April didn't go particularly well from an outside observer, but they did learn a lot. And uh, the government, FAA, et cetera, made recommendations, pad improvements. They've been working on that. And you get the sense that here in the fourth quarter of 2023, we may see another launch. But there's a long way to go before the system is operational. And then beyond that, uh, humans ever flying on that rocket. Yeah, and it is, I mean, it's it's going to take dozens of flights, like if not hundreds of flights without people on board before we can sort of risk putting a person on a new rocket. Um, and they, they, they do have a bit of a time crunch because, you know, NASA actually picked Starship as the first moon lander for its Artemis program. And so the, the current plan is to use Starship to get, yeah, to, to, put, to put astronauts down near the lunar south pole on the Artemis 3 mission, which NASA wants to launch in like late 2025 or 2026. And it's really unclear if Starship is going to be ready for that timeline. You know, I mean, it still hasn't flown successfully on an uncrewed test flight, let alone carried people anywhere. So, yeah, I mean, I would never doubt that SpaceX is capable of doing it, but you just don't know if the timeline is going to work out for a 2025 moon landing. We'll just have to wait and see. Mike Wall joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Mike writes for space.com, and always good to visit with him. Um, let's, let's get back to Starship and where they are. Uh, there are thoughts that it could happen yet this fall. They could actually try it again and see if they can reach orbit. Yeah, no, they've they've said that they're they're technically ready. You know, yeah, there was like a Senate hearing yesterday like about commercial human spaceflight and what the regulations should be. And there, yeah, and there was a SpaceX representative who, who testified during that hearing. And yeah, I mean, he said that this like second starship that they've built and, uh, has been ready to go from a technical standpoint for more than a month, but they're still waiting on a launch license from the Federal Aviation Administration. And, you know, there has been, it's pretty clear that SpaceX is, is frustrated by the fact they don't have that license yet. I mean, Elon Musk has, done a lot of tweeting about how they're ready to go and that we need to kind of streamline regulations and it's a shame to have to wait to wait around for environmental reviews to be done and all this and so it's a little bit of a pressure campaign it seems like to try to get the faa to work faster um but but the faa has i mean like the first starship launch was detonated on purpose because things went wrong it rained debris down on the a big area like around the, the south texas launch pad it like destroyed part of the launch pad. Um, and yeah, so, you know, there, there are things to consider when you're granting a launch license and you have to consider wildlife and, and like the human community around that South Texas launch site. There are boxes that you do need to, to check in, in the current regulatory environment. And so they, they, they did tell SpaceX, you know, after these things went wrong on the April test flight, you need to do this and this and this to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And yeah, that's just part of the deal. Um, yeah, we we'll see. We'll see if if the FAA does does grant a license. Like apparently, one thing that's also needs to happen is the Fish and Wildlife Service needs to to kind of wrap up an environmental review of what the impacts of Starship launches could be on the on the ecosystem in South Texas. There, it's it's right on the Gulf of Mexico. It's very biodiverse, um, yeah. and you know a lot of people who are spaceflight fans would want to poo poo those concerns and just be like, we shouldn't let that sit in the way of progress, but. But, you know, that, that is a concern. You can't just, like under our current kind, kind of legal system, regulatory system, you can't 
just go out willy-nilly and, and, and hurt endangered species. There's, there's laws against that. So it is, it is unclear when those regulations are, are sort of when those, those permits are going to come through, but, but SpaceX wants them to come through sooner rather than later. That's, that's pretty obvious. And, and you would think once they get some of the things figured out on the ground and maybe mitigate the impact on the environment around as much as they can, et cetera, it seems as though they're poised to move relatively quickly that they're they're building the engines the raptor engine the brand new engine uh it, it's not like the engine that's flying on the falcon 9 right now that we're so familiar with but mm-hmm. the, the the super heavy booster and the starship i mean they're they're starting to crank these out so to speak oh yeah they they've got they've got three or four other starships sort of not necessarily ready to go, but in the pipeline after this one that's going to sure. fly this next flight. They're, they're already building, like, the third one, the fourth one, the fifth one. So those still need to be tested, you know. they got to do engine tests and, and, and yeah, kind of, like, propellant fill tests to make sure the tanks are all structurally sound and all, all that stuff you have to do with the rocket. But they have built those vehicles, and they're sort of in the pipeline. And, yeah, that it's, I, I'm very sure that once they get those, those regulatory boxes checked, they will move quickly because that's SpaceX's MO. You know, they, they, they always say they don't really, I mean, if it fails during a test flight, that's fine because they'll learn from it. So they'll, their, their whole MO is to fly fast and to learn from the mistakes and, and yeah, yeah. like, and then to actually iterate based on the analyses of what, what went wrong on those flights. So they will, they will fly again. And if it blows up again, then they'll fix what happened this time and come back to the pad with the next one as soon as they can and try again. So that's just in their DNA. If you've ever seen a rocket launch in person, and I had a chance to see Columbia once upon a time launch from Kennedy Space Center, uh, pre-dawn launch, it was very cool. My my kids were young, but they still remember it. Um, it's no joke. I you get the sense there's nothing routine. Even as routine as the Falcon 9 launches, they, they've had many uh, successful launches of human beings aboard their Dragon capsule. They've returned safely to Earth. This this is still, and we shouldn't become complacent, and I'm sure the challenge for them is, it's still very dangerous. Yeah, and they I'm, I'm sure they tell themselves all the time, you know, they, they've had so much success with the Falcon 9. They, they haven't had an accident with the Falcon 9 in years at this point, right? Knock on wood. Um, right. It's so reliable, but, but Starship is an uh, entirely different design. Uh, yeah, as you were talking, you know, it's a different engine called the Raptor, which is which is more powerful than, than the engines that are on the Falcon 9 or the Falcon Heavy. And it is this, it's an order of magnitude, like more powerful. It's, it's, it's more than twice as powerful as the Falcon Heavy. It's more, it's, it's about three times more powerful than the Falcon Heavy, actually. It's about twice as powerful as the Space Launch System, which is, which is NASA's new, their, their new moon rocket they're, they're using for the Artemis program. It's the biggest, most powerful rocket ever built. So, um, yeah, so you, you have to be extra careful with that. It's, new, it's a new design, and it's just of unprecedented thrust and power. Um, so, yeah, you've got to make sure that everything is, yeah, yeah, is in order with that. Like yeah, I mean before it gets certified to carry people, and that's that's probably part of the reason why the environmental review and the and the launch license stuff is taking so long because you know it those those like Raptor engines, thirty three of them on the first stage of Starship, they can do a lot of damage to the launch pad. They actually did on that first flight. They destroyed the concrete underneath the launch pad and sent chunks of it raining down into the ocean and. It was just quite a spectacle. It's just a reminder that these things are no joke. There's a lot of energy involved, and 
with Starship, if, if something does go wrong, it's going to be, it's going to rain down a lot of stuff over a wide area. So we will keep our fingers crossed on that, but we certainly do enjoy your work, Mike, and uh, it's good to visit with you. Thanks so much for the time. Anything big beyond waiting for uh, Starship and another launch, potentially before the end of the year? Anything else worth watching? Yeah, there's always a lot of stuff going on. You know, I mean, with space exploration on the robotic side especially, you have to be patient, but, you know, one SpaceX mission that launched last week was called Psyche. It, it actually flew on oh, sure. Falcon Heavy. It's a NASA mission to explore this weird, big metal asteroid out in the asteroid belt. Um, and, and actually, scientists think this thing is like the exposed core of like an ancient protoplanet. So like the types of bodies that came together to build Earth and, and Mars and, and Venus long ago. And so there's, they've never seen like an object like this up close. It can, they can tell from kind of long-distance studies of it with Earth-based telescopes that it's mostly metal on the surface and so it's just this bizarre body that's like 170 miles wide that we're going to get a look at thanks to psyche but you got to be patient it's not going to get there till 2029 so that (laughs) that just launched that just launched and it's really cool but and mark your calendar for the middle of 2029 when it actually gets there yeah they they say that this this thing could not only be iron but things exotic like platinum etc that's really Really interesting, and and one of the dreams ultimately of exploring the asteroids and the planets is being able to go and and mine this stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what the metals are. They they think it's a lot of iron and a lot of nickel, but there sure. could be a lot of more exotic, weird stuff there. And just from a gee whiz standpoint, you know, it's like what do kind of craters on the metal world look like? There's some people who think that you know there'll be like it'll look like little like just like when when there was an impact that crashed into into psyche it made the metal molten and so what what the crater looks like it's just like kind of frozen metal kind of extending from a crater you know and like kind of kind of like a water droplet that freezes really fast you know how how it disturbs the like yeah like the surface of a pond um it's just it's exotic it's it's really weird there's going to be a lot of scientific cool stuff to come from it and that's just yeah. There's, there's there's a lot of fun stuff about space exploration and seeing a world that we've never seen before is is definitely one of them. Well, Mike, good to visit with you. Take care. Yep. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Mike Wall joining us. Space.com is the website. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment down. Payment tax and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.